Problems just got even worse for Rudy Giuliani this week when the judge that oversaw his defamation trial, U.S. District Judge Beryl Howell, agreed with the plaintiffs in the case that they should suspend, basically totally get rid of the 30-day waiting period before Giuliani had to pay the $146 million to the plaintiffs. The judge, in her decision, cited the fact that Rudy Giuliani has essentially failed to even pay some of the more, you know, lesser, I guess you would, uh, financial penalties in the case that started off the case really. And, uh, because of that, she agrees with the plaintiffs that he cannot be trusted if he doesn't pay up right now. They were concerned that Giuliani in this 30 day period that he had been given would attempt to conceal his assets, to maybe sell off properties, to just shift money around in ways so the plaintiffs couldn't get their hands on it. And the judge says, yeah, I don't trust the guy. So you've got to pay up now. And you notice that I said 146 million, not 148 million. And that's because the plaintiffs did agree to reduce the, uh, uh what was it? The, uh, compensatory damages by about $2 million. So it went from 148 to 146. Uh, I don't think that matters <laughs> for Rudy Giuliani. I think he's definitely still screwed. Like saving that 2 million is not like, Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm fine. But let me read you, <laughs> let me read you some of this. Cause it's so wonderful. Uh, Howell cites Giuliani's history as a quote, uncooperative litigant, his mounting debts from other court cases and concerns that he will conceal his assets within the 30 day period as reasons to justify ordering the ending of the automatic stay. Howell also said that the former New York mayor's failure to quote, satisfy even more modest monetary awards entered earlier in this case provides good cause to believe that he will seek to dissipate or conceal his assets during the 30 day period. Uh, the plaintiffs had argued, quote, uh, Giuliani ignored several prior court orders to reimburse attorney's fees. His conduct in the matter presents a substantial risk uh, that Giuliani will find a way to dissipate those assets before plaintiffs are able to recover. And that's actually key here because here's what happens in a case where you're dealing with civil issues, not criminal issues. If Giuliani is unable to pay for this, you know, $146 million verdict against him, he cannot be thrown in jail. Okay. That's, that's the rule. It's not a criminal case. So he's not going to go to jail for not being able to pay. They have several options though. The first one, the most obvious one is they garnish his wages. Uh, I don't know that Giuliani's actually like pulling in wages, so to speak. So I don't think that that is a good option. Giuliani, however, does have assets. Uh, we know that he owns multiple different properties and he could try to offload those properties, basically, you know, do a fire sale, say like, Hey, I've got this condo in Manhattan. That's worth 6 million. I'll give it to you for 1 million. You know, that way they cannot seize the property because that is the most likely thing that would happen is that his assets would be frozen. His bank accounts would be frozen. The property would likely be seized by the court, possibly sold by the court or straight up given to the plaintiffs. So lots of different options here for getting money from Rudy Giuliani. The question is, does he have $146 million worth of assets? Doesn't seem like it. I mean, that it's hard to find people with $146 million worth of assets. So it's likely that even if this number is upheld by the courts on appeal, 
I don't think the plaintiffs are ever going to get close to getting $146 million, whether it's through, you know, cash or, you know, prizes through Giuliani. I, I simply just don't think he has it. And obviously at his age, he's not going to be able to go work a regular job to garnish his wages enough to give these people what they deserve. Right? That's what the jury said they deserve. So even though they won, they're still kind of being robbed of justice, but the judge is trying to fix that by telling Giuliani pay up now or else, you know, you're going to lose everything anyway. So good on the judge, good on the plaintiffs. We'll see what happens from here. For about the past year and a half, the big talking point among people observing Donald Trump is where the hell's Melania? Melania just doesn't show up to things. It's almost as if she has no desire to be around her husband and honestly can't blame her for that. However, it's the life you chose. So either leave it or deal with it. Don't just disappear from it. But in her place, Donald Trump has found some new arm candy to walk around with. And he did so this past Saturday at a UFC fight in Las Vegas, where he showed up beautiful woman at his side, but it wasn't Melania. It was for some strange reason, his lawyer, Alina Haba, Alina Haba, who does not live in Las Vegas. So it's not like she was just there like, oh yeah, I'll pop in. Why not? She wasn't there as part of his campaign because she is the legal spokesperson for his political action committee. So there's no justification there. She's not there working on his case, obviously, because you're watching a UFC fight. So on social media, the rumors began to swirl that maybe Donald Trump could be replacing Melania in the near future with Alina Haba. Again, there was no discernible reason why Haba should have been in Las Vegas at a UFC fight with Donald Trump. That makes no sense. So yeah, it's okay if it raises a couple eyebrows because it's a little fishy, especially given Donald Trump's history. Uh, Kid Rock also showed up, but nobody is suggesting obviously that Trump's interested in Kid Rock. But here's what some users on social media had to say. It's a little strange that nobody in MAGA world appears to care that Trump now goes everywhere with Alina Haba and not Melania. Another user said, <laughs> this one's pretty funny. If I was being indicted every 15 minutes, I'd have my hot lawyer close by at all times too. Another one said, I look forward to the Trump conservatives defending him and his family values. Another said, what is weirder is that kid rock doesn't leave his side. And then yet another one said it's classless and disrespectful. Haba isn't a business partner or running mate to justify being a married man's plus one at public events. It's disgusting, but you're correct. Trump's cult doesn't care. <laughs> and then another one named meatball militia said, shouldn't she be working on his case? She walks in like a WWE manager. And yes, Alina Haba should be working on Donald Trump's case. Like you've got closing arguments coming up in just a couple weeks in New York. And that's a big deal. Closing arguments, right? The final battle in the courtroom. And you're gallivanting around with your client, hanging out with, you know, pseudo celebrities like Kid Rock watching a UFC fight. I mean, look, you're entitled to do whatever the hell you want to in your free time, but Rumors are swirling. 
Now, I do not personally think that Donald Trump would trade in Melania for Alina Haba. I do think Alina Haba being constantly at his side is however, a good indication that Haba is going to be playing a role in whatever Donald Trump does or achieves from now until the end. You know, there's a chance Alina Haba has suggested this, that she might be a part of his cabinet. She could be the new Kellyanne Conway in a Trump administration, right? White house counselor. She could be the new Pat Cipollini or she could be the new Bill Barr, possibly the next attorney general, or maybe she'll be the fourth Mrs. Donald Trump. Maybe she'll be the next first lady of the United States. I don't know. I don't think Trump knows. I don't think Haba knows, but I think Haba thinks that one of those things, at least one of those things is definitely in store for her future. But there's also a good chance that maybe four years from now, I'm sitting here doing stories about Alina Haba suddenly becoming a never Trumper. You know, I was with him for so long and now I've seen the error of my ways. Who knows? It's all very weird. It's all very stupid, but we're going to have to deal with this stupidity. So we've got to talk about it. The justices on the Colorado state Supreme court have been inundated with death threats following their Tuesday evening decision that Donald Trump did engage in an insurrection and therefore is disqualified from being on the ballot in the state of Colorado next year. These judges followed the letter of the law. They looked at the 14th amendment, right? The insurrection clause. They looked at what Trump did and said, yes, this fits that description. He is barred from holding office. They did their jobs. They upheld justice. And now these violent, angry, deranged Trump supporters are threatening to kill these people. Let me read you some of these comments compiled by NBC news that were posted on truth social. One of them simply said, this ends when we kill these effers. So right off the bat, it's not misconstruing it as violence or, you know, suggesting their death threats when they're not. Nope. This person literally says this ends when we kill them. So take that for what you will. Another one said, posting a, an old joke. It says, what do you call seven justices from the Colorado Supreme court at the bottom of the ocean? A good start. That's, that's not funny. Um, it, it's, that's not as much of a threat as the other ones, but it's also not even a funny joke. Another one said this, this one's truly disturbing. Kill judges, behead judges, roundhouse, kick a judge into the concrete, slam dunk a judge's baby into a trash can, right? The, the pro-life right says slam dunk a baby into a trash can. If it belongs to a judge, of course. I mean, the, these are clear as day. This ends when we kill them. Another one says, kill judges, behead judges. These people, these Trump supporters posting these messages, uh, at the time you watch it, they should have already been visited by the FBI. Okay. These are not idle, you know, just hypothetical things that they're posting. These are instructions. These are calls to action. And they should be treated as such. These people should be criminally prosecuted because as NBC news points out, and of course, as we all know, because we pay attention, 
This follows the same pattern that Trump supporters have done every time Donald Trump gets in trouble because of something he did. Like, let's not overlook that part. These people aren't threatening to go out and murder people because Donald Trump is being incorrectly persecuted. They're doing it because they're mad that he's facing accountability. And many of them do. I'll give them this. They, they believe these charges are all fake. They believe that Trump has done nothing wrong, but just because you believe it doesn't make it true. But here's what NBC news had to say. The threats fit into a predictable and familiar pattern seen time and time again after legal developments against Trump. After the FBI searched Trump's Mar-a-Lago home in Florida, a man who had been at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th attacked the FBI field office in Cincinnati with a nail gun while holding an AR-15-style rifle. When a grand jury in Georgia indicted Trump, some of his supporters posted the grand jurors' addresses online. When U.S. District Judge Tanya Chutkin was assigned to special counsel Jack Smith's federal election interference case against Trump, she faced threats from Trump supporters. A federal appeals court pointed out the pattern when it upheld a narrow gag order against Trump in his election interference case this month, noting that those he publicly targets are often threatened and harassed. It's gotten to the point, though, and this is what is so interesting about this, is Trump's reaction to this Colorado ruling was obviously unhinged. And he's posting all these clips from Fox news all week, but he actually, uh, so far as of this recording had not gone after the judges themselves, but he has trained his base to the point where he doesn't even have to do that anymore. He doesn't have to name the people. He doesn't have to call them out specifically because he's trained his base to know, you know, like a Pavlov's dog kind of thing that anytime a court does something, they have to go attack. You know, it took him a while. He had to get them properly trained because every time a bad thing would happen in court, he would attack, they would threaten. But now he doesn't even have to attack because they know that a bad thing happens in court, we have to threaten. That's how well he has trained this army of loyal lapdogs. And it's putting judges across the country in possibly imminent danger. A very terrified Matt Gates put out a fundraising email this week telling his supporters that he could be next to be expelled from Congress because he is, as he says in the email, challenging the powers that be. And everybody else in DC just wants things to stay the same, but poor little Matt Gates is on his crusade to clean up the swamp and nobody likes it, so they want to get rid of him. Here's what Matt Gates put in the email. Some rhinos are looking for their next target. Me. The swamp dwellers don't want anything to change, and they're willing to sell America down the river to protect their own interests. And since I refuse to play ball with these rhinos, they are secretly plotting behind closed doors and looking for anything they can use to expel me from Congress. So give me all your money so that what? Because this is a fundraising email, so the ultimate pitch is give you money. But how is giving you money going to save you from being expelled from Congress, right? You didn't, you didn't connect the dots there, Matty. You got to do that, Matt. You got to do the extra work to let people know how one thing connects to another or else it all just falls apart, right? There's always got to be that common theme, but you seem to be really bad at creating that. For the record, Matt Gage, like, I'm going against the ground. I'm not playing ball. Yeah, you are. <laughs> You've done nothing in Congress. What legislation 
have you gotten past that has made my life better? And I point to myself here, one, because, you know, I'm in Gates's district and we've had crisis after crisis in his district. A lot of them he has been totally silent about. Um, so you've done nothing for your district. And I know that firsthand. But other than that, like, have you passed legislation to lower prescription drug prices? Did you ever pass that legislation to ban congressional stock trades? No, you didn't. I mean, I agree with you on that legislation. I'm, I'm, I love it. I think it's great. But that's literally the only thing you've done to like go against the grain. And you're saying you're being singled out for that when the other lawmakers who also, by the way, signed on to it are not. So right there, your logic in your argument totally falls apart because if this was retribution for you trying to ban congressional stock trades, something that you're having zero success with anyway, so you're not even a threat there, but if that's why you were being targeted, then the other lawmakers who also sponsored this bill or support it would also be being targeted, but they're not. So you got to come up with a better argument than that, dude, but you don't have an argument. You're scared because you saw what happened to Santos. You are worried that you could be next because the ethics, uh, uh, investigation into your activities is picking up steam. They've started calling witnesses. They're looking at evidence of possibly, uh, misusing campaign funds. Now that would be a legitimate crime, right? That's not just you know, the ethics committee says, oh, he may have done this. That's something they can refer for actual prosecution to the DOJ. So that would be a big one if you did anything like that. And again, they're looking into it, but Republicans who have seen what the committee has, have already said, this is worse than Santos. Now, granted that was coming from Kevin McCarthy, who's probably got some sour grapes and an ax to grind against Matt Gates, but he still said it. He said, Matt Gates should be in jail. Other Republicans speaking to reporters on the condition of anonymity have kind of echoed similar things like, yeah, this is pretty significant. So whine and cry all you want, send out as many emails as you want, try to paint your own target on your back if you want, but that ain't what's happening, dude. You did some pretty shady things. I mean, that's not questionable. You did shady things, whether or not they were illegal is what the committee's trying to determine. And based on the people who've seen it, they seem to think it is illegal. So again, fundraise while you can, because those days could be coming to an end once that committee releases their final report. Thanks for listening to today's Fair and Balanced Daily. Stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on YouTube at youtube.com slash fairandbalanced and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at fairandbalanced.